0: Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally podcast, the place where women from around the world come to discover God's plan for health in body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, award-winning author, Air Force veteran, and health evangelist. I'm passionate about sharing biblical truth, scientific research, and practical lifestyle approaches to help heal your world naturally. You're listening to Podcast Episode 5, God's Prescription for Divine Health. Our scripture focus is taken from Exodus 15, verses 25 through 27. So Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. The Lord made a statute and ordinance for them at Marah, and he tested them there. He said, If you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, pay attention to his commands, and keep all his statutes. I will not inflict any illnesses on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians, for I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Ilam, where there were 12 springs and 70 date palms, and they camped there by the water. Hello, and God bless you. Welcome to today's show. I'm Rakesia McMillan, Certified Integrative Nutrition Health Coach and Health Evangelist. My assignment to the body of Christ is to deliver the message of total health to help women heal their world in spirit, soul, and body. And today I just want to take out some time to teach about God's prescription for health. And if we think about the delivery of prescriptions in our society today, the prescription of medication has become a hot topic because of the opiate crisis that we are currently facing in the US. And so this crisis actually started back in the nineties when pharmaceutical companies reassured the medical community that patients would not become addicted to opiate pain relievers and healthcare providers began to prescribe them in greater numbers. And so increased prescription of opiate medications has led to widespread misuse of both prescription and non-prescription opiates before it became clear that these medications could indeed become highly addictive. And so we are at a very pivotal point in our nation where I believe that it is time for health leaders at large, as well as within the body of Christ, to rise up and provide solutions to this crisis. Because countless people are looking for alternatives, they're looking for answers to the current crisis, people are no longer wanting to be on their prescription medications. And who better to get those answers from than our creator, who also goes by the name of Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who heals us who provided the very first prescription for our health and healing within the Holy Scriptures. So let's take a look at God's prescription for our health. And so you might be wondering, there's a prescription for our health? Yes, absolutely there is. The original prescription for our health and healing is recorded in the book of Exodus chapter 15. And I want to cover a brief history of what's actually taking place in this chapter. And so God just delivered the children of Israel from the bondage of slavery under the hand of Pharaoh and the Egyptian rule. And so the children of Israel, they had lived under this, this pagan system for over 400 years, and their lives were ruled by Egyptian taskmasters who oversaw the hard labor of making bricks with straw and mortar. Um, They were working by the spread of the sweat of their brow to build a pagan kingdom. Their daily living arrangements were controlled. They were told when to get up. They were told when to go to bed. Um, They had brutal work hours. They could not um, freely worship God. And the Egyptians did not acknowledge Yahweh as God. And there were they were even subject to having their babies killed. There was a decree that had gone out in the kingdom by Pharaoh, that if a man child was born, they were going to kill that child. And so God heard and he had seen enough. And he spoke to, to Moses in Exodus chapter three, verses seven through 10. And he says, and the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And so Moses had received this message and he delivers the message. And Pharaoh's response is that he continually hardens his heart. He wouldn't let God's people go. So God sends 10 plagues and devastates Egypt and brings the nation to its knees. And so Exodus chapter 15 is actually a song of victory, declaring how the Lord had mightily delivered Israel out of a system that was never intended for his children to live under. And so the song says that he overthrew the chariots, horses, and the riders. He parted the Red Sea with the breath of his nostrils. Miriam, who was Moses' sister, and all of the women, they went out with her with tambourines. They were singing. They were dancing. They were giving God praise. Exodus fifteen twenty one says that Miriam sang to them. She said, sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider, he is thrown into the sea. So if you can get a mental image, a mental picture of what's actually taking place um, with the children of Israel, They were rejoicing because they had been set free by the very hand of God himself. He used Moses and Aaron, his brother, as vessels, but it was the Lord who had done this miraculous deliverance. And so as they were journeying out of Egypt and into the promised land, into a good and a spacious land, the Bible tells us, to a land that was flowing with milk and honey, they were now leaving their place of victory and crossing over into the wilderness of Shur, S-H-U-R. And Shur was a place southwest of Palestine on the eastern border or within the border of Egypt. And the Israelites passed through the wilderness of Shur after crossing the Red Sea. And I want to share that the book of Exodus is central in the Old Testament, because it records God saving Israel and reestablishing them as a covenant community, a nation that was specifically chosen to represent him. So they were no longer physically enslaved. They were no longer oppressed. And God was setting up a new order for the children of Israel, because they had just been delivered from Egyptian rule. In verse 22 in chapter 15, it says, And then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah, because it was bitter. Therefore it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So if you take another mental picture of what's going on, they had just been delivered. They were no doubtly tired. They were hot. They were thirsty. They were traveling into a new country and they needed water to drink. And so they came across a body of water that was named Mara. And Mara in the Hebrew is translated as meaning bitter And so here's where our focus scriptures come into play, verses 25 through 27. And so it says, Moses cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule. And there he tested them, saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord, your God and do that which is right in his eyes, And give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. And so this passage actually represents a time of testing for Israel. They were wandering in the wilderness of shore for three days. And it was a reminder that the water in Egypt that was touched by the plague and turned it into blood. The Lord was telling them that just like I kept the waters pure and clean for you in Egypt, the plague did not touch you as you are transitioning into new and unfamiliar territory that I am still with you. Not only was I with you back then, but I'm with you now. I've always been with you. And so Moses takes a log, a tree representing the tree of life, which is a type of Christ, who is our covenant. And he turns a bitter situation into something sweet. And even in this, looking at the spiritual context of this, that you may be in a situation at this very moment where it may be very bitter all around you. So you may be actually living in a Mara situation, a bitter situation. But I promise you, if you put Christ in the bitter moment, your bitter circumstances, he will turn the situation around and make it sweet for you. He will give you a reprieve. Christ is the living water that you can come to and drink so that you will never thirst again. He is sure, S U R E, to bring you through the wilderness of sure, S H U R. And so Israel, they were so used to looking to Pharaoh the world system, a pagan system to give them everything, including their food and water. God had to retrain them. He had to reteach them. He was showing them that you are no longer to look to man's way of doing things, even when it comes down to your food and your water. I have a system that was totally designed by me for you. I've called you out to be different. My identification mark is on you. And so he was sharing this with the children of Israel as he was um, transitioning them to their new place of promise. And so he wanted them to know you are supposed to be different from what I called you out of. You are not called to be like everybody else. And the Lord's name translated in this passage is, I am the Lord, your healer, Jehovah Rapha. And just as I healed the bitter waters, not only is my healing ability for the water, but I have also provided healing for you in other ways as well. And in order for you to receive this healing, here's the prescription that you must follow. This prescription is not about taking a pill, but it is about relationship. And so he says, If you will diligently meaning carefully obey or listen to the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, meaning pay attention to what he says and keep all of his statutes. Jehovah Rapha, he made a a sweet promise concerning health and healing in a place of bitterness. He said, I will not put the diseases on you that were on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord, your healer. This is a divine promise. Like most others within the Bible is fulfilled when we're obedient to the principles of God. And these principles are designed to protect us from the devastating diseases that have affected and afflicted man throughout history. And so optimal health begins with relationship with the Lord first and foremost. And so many many times we think of it as optimal health begins with what you put in your body, what you're eating. That's true. However, the first foundation of great health begins with our relationship with the Lord. So if you desire optimal health, You know, so many times people wonder why they struggle and they can't do this in their own strength. It's because you can't do it in your own strength. We need the strength of the Lord to be able to help us in all areas, including our health and our healing. So optimal health, it can be yours only as you experience spiritual, moral, mental and physical restoration through the principles found in the Bible. And if we look around today, some of the same diseases are being experienced that the Egyptians experienced in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 22 through 35, which mentions a number of diseases. And just kind of briefly going over that, it says the Lord will strike you with wasting disease, with fever, inflammation, and fiery heat, with drought. And with blight and with mildew they will pursue you until you perish the Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt with tumors and scabs and itch of which you cannot be healed the Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of mind the Lord will strike you on the knees and on the legs with grievous boils of which you cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the crown of your head. So if we listen to all of those things found within those scriptures, that's pretty harsh. But when we look around today, some of those same diseases are plaguing our society. When it talks about wasting diseases, that has to do with tuberculosis, malaria, long lasting diseases of the body to include autoimmune disorders. When he talks about fever, that has to do with flu, pneumonia or intestinal diseases, inflammation, inflammatory diseases of our day are on the rise. We see so much arthritis, joint pain, fibromyalgia, even brain inflammation, brain on fire, muscle pain, Um, burning heat has to do with skin infections. And the skin is the largest organ on the human body, and it's the first line of defense against any kind of organisms, sickness, or diseases that try to attack the body. And so the skin, it consists of several layers of cells that are packed closely together that provide excellent protection against germs that are trying to attack the body. When it talked about mildew in the scripture that has to do with fungal infections of the skin, the body, athlete's foot, parasitic infections, bacterial infections within the body. Fiery heat is related to high fevers associated with any kind of heat stroke, headaches. It has to do with failure of harvest, crops, food supply, due to excessive heat. Boils are mentioned here that has to do with skin diseases. Any kind of bumps on the skin, acne, pimples, smallpox, chickenpox, leprosy, shingles, simple boils, carbuncles, which is a collection of boils in a limited area, any kind of abscesses involving important structures of the body muscles, lungs, brain, liver, spleen, kidney, bowel, and appendix, and infected glands. It also talked about tumors. Tumors we hear individuals going to the doctors all of the time and tumors being found within the body, fibroids, cancer, or abnormal enlargements of some part of the body, or it could be a neoplasm, which is a growth of abnormal tissue that is distinct from healthy tissue underneath. Festering rashes and scabbies has to do with mites within the skin lice, itching skin, skin irritation, skin infections, eczema, mental health. And when it talked about madness and mental confusion, how many of us know that mental health is at an all-time high in our society right now? Anxiety, paranoia, insanity, dementia, lunacy, depression, um, disorientation, poor judgment, Alzheimer's, hallucination, senility, diseases that cause deterioration of the brain. Blindness that can be brought on by poverty, unsanitary conditions, brilliant sunlight, excessive heat, blowing sand, accidents, and our war. Now, if we take a time to reflect on these things, the word of God is always true. And it says that there is no new thing under the sun. Does any of this sound like many individuals that we know of, or even personally, we may be experiencing these things today. And I believe that without question, much of the sickness that is plaguing our world is due to disobedience, as well as departing from God's original prescription for wellness, which ultimately has to do with having a relationship with him. The health of the children of Israel was in stark contrast to their Egyptian counterparts. And so just a review of health in ancient history. Color pictographs on the wall of the Egyptian tombs furnish descriptions of their lifestyle. From the slave to the pharaoh on his throne, innumerable mummies have been preserved for thousands of years. Some of the mummies have been autopsied. Since these initial autopsies in 1880 to the 1900s, many more have been examined by x-ray. From these sources, as well as the Bible, there is considerable insight into the lifestyle of the Egyptians and much is known about the maladies of ancient Egypt. According to paleopathologists, obesity was recorded as a problem in the days of ancient Egypt. Degenerative arthritis was common. Pharaoh Ramses II in the 19th dynasty had severe dental disease and abscesses in the jaw, severe degenerative arthritis of the hip joints, and extensive arterial sclerosis of the major arteries of the lower extremities. His son, Mernatoth, was a partially bald, obese old man who had severe degenerative arthritis of the cervical spine and arterial sclerosis. And as a result, the contrast for the people of God compared to those who were in Egypt, their obedience and following God's medical commands and laws is found in Psalms one hundred five thirty seven. It says, "Then he brought out Israel with silver and gold, and there was none among his tribes. Who were feeble, weak, and sickly. Their physical health was preserved. And so I want to challenge your thinking as a believer in Christ, for those of us who have confessed Him and made Him our Lord and Savior, and believe that through His death, burial, and resurrection, we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness and into His marvelous light that we need to make him Lord in every area of our lives, including our health and our lifestyle habits. In Exodus fifteen twenty six, his name is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord who heals. And because he is the Lord who heals us, just like he showed Israel that they were not to rely on a pagan system for their source, God's ways have never changed. He said, I am the Lord, your God, I change not. I'm the same yesterday today and forever Malachi 3 6 and Hebrews 13 8 so even though we live in a different time a different dispensation we must realize and recognize and be aware that demonic kingdoms principalities and systems are still present and they have not changed but they are represented under a different name for instance the FDA which is a type of Babylonian or Egyptian system meaning that it is corrupted and it's a wicked governmental system ruled by demonic entities who by law knowingly place toxic and harmful deadly poisons within the food and water supply. This has not changed and it is still going on. And so we need to get back to our former ways. In my book, Rock Your World Naturally, Seven Divine Keys to Unlock Extraordinary Health, I give many examples of how this is being done legally by the FDA. And the book exposes tactics and devices on how this system is designed to derail our divine health and provide solutions on getting back to God's principles concerning health and healing. And I want to just go back to our divine prescription for health. And I took some time to um, take a view of current books that are used by health professionals to diagnose physical health and mental health conditions. And so this is what I found. Um, As a social worker with a clinical social work background as well, I'm familiar with the DSM-5 which provides mental diagnosis. Then we have the Oxford's Handbook of Clinical Diagnosis and Merck's Professional Manual uh, for medical and uh, further clinical diagnosis. So in spite of the extensive research and compilation that has gone into each of these professional manuals, there is one book that is always and often overlooked when it comes to addressing health conditions. Is one of the most ancient and sacred books and goes by many names. You know it. I know it. The Holy Bible, the good book, the word of God, holy scriptures, the Torah, sacred history, the Testament, the writings of the apostles and prophets. And many times the view of the Bible has been so limited by man's perspective and is only viewed as the foundation of our existence to include our spiritual and earthly lineages. However, it is rarely taught as a resource that can be referenced to heal and address physical and mental conditions. And some of you may have never heard about the idea of the Bible as being used as a medical reference. And so prior to the formation of these medical books and the scientific research, God through Moses the author of the first five books of the Bible, wrote about the spread of disease. He wrote about sanitation. He wrote about personal hygiene and quarantine as key principles for optimum personal and community wellness more than 3,500 years ago. And so God's medical instructions far For Israel, they far exceeded the medical knowledge possessed by other ancient societies. And so because of the advanced medical information documented throughout the scriptures, it suggests that the infinite healer, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals, provided specific prescriptions for optimal health and wellness. And so if you take some time to really read and study the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, it has precise medical knowledge. Yes, it contains precise medical knowledge. In fact, the Black Death and Leprosy were two of the most terrible plagues in the Middle Ages. In God's principles of public health, such as hygiene, quarantine brought these diseases under control and millions of lives were saved and are actually documented. So the doctors back in the day, they actually turned to church leaders to stop those plagues. And so one of the questions that I have to ask today is where is the church regarding the health of our societies? Of our communities within the body of Christ at large. If doctors were turning to church leaders to bring health and healing to communities, can we say that our professional doctors can turn to the church today? More than likely, the church is always turning to the medical product- doctors who are practicing who are practicing medicine, they are practicing medicine on you. That is why we have the opiate crisis that we have today. That is why the United States of America ranks 35 on the healthiest countries in our nation and that number is constantly declining because we have left the former ways. 65 to 70% of congregants are sick to include pastors and church leaders. What's the remedy? We've got to get back to the original prescription of divine health. It doesn't involve taking a pill or a drug, but it first begins with our relationship with the Lord, who is Jehovah Rapha. So we have to ask the question, do you have a relationship with him? We have to examine our hearts. We have to examine our life. Are we carefully obeying and listening to the voice of the Lord, our God? Maybe some of the sickness that we're facing is because we're not in obedience to what he's calling us to do. Are we doing what's right in his eyes? We are living in a time when everyone is doing what is right in their own eyes versus living our life through the eyes of God and according to the scriptures, And so have you ever thought to consider what God's perspective is on your health? How does God want you to eat? How does he want you to govern your lifestyle? You can find these answers by exploring and studying the Holy Scriptures, the Holy Bible. Connect to a Bible-believing church. Commit to doing what the Bible says, and when you do, you'll begin to exhibit the fruit of the spirit. You'll begin to walk in integrity and truth and love and life, and you'll begin to live out the divine prescription that he set in Exodus 15, 25 through 27, because you are diligently listening to the voice of the Lord. Yes, the Lord is always speaking. His voice is carrying out all throughout the earth. The Bible says that his voice is as many waters. He's speaking on the waters. He's speaking in the wind. He's speaking in creation. He's speaking through people. He's always speaking. But we have to be in the position where we are quiet enough to hear his voice. We'll begin to do what is right in his eyes. We'll begin to pay attention to his commandments. And we'll not only pay attention, but we'll keep them. We'll begin to be those doers of the word and not hearers only and so Jehovah Rapha he made a sweet promise concerning health and healing and a place of bitterness to the children of Israel by saying I will put none of these diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians for I am the Lord your healer and so maybe you've never heard that God has a plan regarding your health yes he has a plan for everything that concerns you And without question, we are living in the last days and the body of Christ, we must be fit spiritually, emotionally, and physically to do the work that he has called us to do. And so reflecting back on our focus scripture in Exodus 15, 25 through 27, Israel had left a time of bitterness in the wilderness of shore. And I just want to share that sometimes desert places are oftentimes places of training. It's training ground that God wants to use to teach us something. And so Israel, they left a position of praise, celebration, victory, and freedom. And now they're in the wilderness. (laughs) Life happens in cycles. In nature, we see it through the seasons, winter, spring, summer, fall, the cycle of night and day. Our lives are no different, and we are also experiencing times, seasons, and cycles. And so, a cycle is a series of events that are regularly repeated in the same order. Know that after praise, a time of testing will always come. And I know as well as you, we have all been in that place where we have had a major breakthrough. There has been a supernatural occurrence that has happened. God made a way when there was no way we gave him praise. We honored, we exalted his holy name. And so after that praise, we're hit with a major test. This is a cycle of life. Our God, our father, Jehovah Rapha, he trains us even in times of difficulties. David said that it was in a dry, thirsty land that he had no water. That's when he reached out to God. Psalm 63 and one. And so just as God had bought Israel through the Red Sea and drowned their enemies with water, he drowned the enemies with what they were thirsting for. I believe that God wanted Israel to know that the victory, the sufficiency is not in the water, but it is in me, the living waters. Israel, I need you to understand that in the wilderness, I am your source. I am your supplier. Your former life of relying on someone to provide for you is over. I have to retrain you. I have to recondition your mindset. I have to... Re-establish your prayer life in the wilderness. And so when you find yourself in the wilderness, just as Moses did, he prayed to the God of heaven. He cried out to the Lord. It was Psalms 121 in effect. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, the creator and the maker of the heavens and the earth. He depended on God. So my brother, my sister, are you praying? Are you seeking the living water versus the physical things to meet your needs? The wilderness is a place where we are brought, God brought them to the land, the wilderness of shore. We are brought to the wilderness and sometimes we don't like to talk about that, but it is biblical. It is spiritual. There are times where God brings us to those wilderness places. Why? Because he needs us to reevaluate our prayer life. He needs us to reevaluate our relationship with him. It's there that we take responsibility for where we are at. And some of us, some of you may be stuck in the wilderness of shore right at this very moment because adjustments need to be made to your prayer life. You're there because it's time to seek the living waters. And so Mara was a place of bitterness and testing. But because Israel endured and received provision from God, they genuinely gained from their time at Mara. They learned some things. Don't you know the wilderness will teach you how to pray? <laughs> the wilderness will teach you how to learn self distrust. The wilderness will teach you how to daily depend on God. The wilderness will teach you how to obey. And even in the wilderness, the children of Israel, they learned a new name for God, Jehovah Rapha. So they gained self-examination in the place of bitterness. They gain personal experience in the place of bitterness and they gain spiritual insight in the place of bitterness. The Bible says that these things are brought to us for an example so that we will also learn the way. And so as they have come through the wilderness, they've gone through the wilderness of sure, They've been through their Mara experience and Moses prays. And God provides the answer. When you seek him first, then what you need will manifest. And the Lord directed him to a tree. It's in prayer that Moses received the answers that he needed to know what to do. And I just want to encourage you to ramp up your prayer life because it's in those times of prayer that you will receive the answers that you need to know what to do. And so the Lord directed him to a tree. And the tree here represents a few things and I had mentioned a few things before, but I want to focus on a couple of scriptures. Revelations two, two, it says in the middle of its street on either side of the river was a tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. This tree is what we call a type. It represents healing for the nations. And in this dispensation, true healing for the nations can only be possible through Christ, the tree of life. The tree is medicine for the spirit, for the soul, and for the body. Revelations 2.7, it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes. I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And so people of God, true healing is found in God himself. Just as he was retraining Israel, what he expected from them was obedience. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. He was saying, I want to know Israel that you love me. When you listen and you do what I say, you're coming out of a pagan nation with old ways, an old system, and I need to teach you how to love me. Pharaoh thought he was your God. He thought he was your Lord. He thought he was your master. But I had to prove him wrong to set you free supernaturally from his oppression. And so as you are learning to know me, as you are learning to love me, as you're learning to follow me in my ways and trust me with all of your heart and leaning not to your own understanding, here's my part of what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to keep you whole. I'm going to keep you well, and I will not put any of these diseases on you. So obedience, following God's way, always leads to health, happiness, safety, and spiritual well-being. And so God was telling them, you will know me by a new name, Jehovah Rapha. You will see and experience me in a brand new way. A different side of my divine personality will be revealed to you. I'm the great physician and this is my prescription for you. In fact, it is written in the New Testament that the covenant is sealed in my son's blood. I will not put any of these diseases on you that I bought on the Egyptians. And so this was God's promise to an obedient Israel. And so in many ways... What has happened is that there has been a disconnect between our spiritual health and our physical health, but it was never meant to be separated because our spiritual health and our physical health are always connected. They cannot be separated. Absolutely impossible. Because the first covenant that God established with Israel had to do with their physical health, but it was rooted in their spiritual health, their relationship with Jehovah Rapha. So we cannot disconnect to, to connect the two. It's absolutely impossible. That's not how God designed it. That's not God's order. Dr. S.I. McMillan in his book, None of These Diseases noted that many of God's laws to Israel had a direct impact on hygiene and health. Practices such as circumcision, quarantine, washing and running water, and eating kosher made a real medical difference in keeping Israel free from disease. Beyond the direct medical implications, obedience also means that we're at peace with God and free from a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety in life. This has an obvious benefit to the health of any person. This miracle was connected with a promise. From now on, obedience to commands and statutes would bring healing physically and morally. And so again, our spiritual health, our physical health are intertwined. They're interconnected because that is God's way. Our physical health and healing always begins with re- relationship. I want to encourage you that if you are in a wilderness situation that the wilderness is not your final destination. So God may have you in a wilderness moment but again it's not your final destination. I want to reflect on Exodus 15:27 and it says, and when they came to Ilam, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees. They encamped there by the water. After the time of testing, God had a time of refreshing for the people of Israel. So he knew exactly what they needed. He knew when to test them and he knew when to rest them. That's called grace. (laughs) He knew when to test them and he knew when to rest them. And so in that scripture, it says that we have 12 wells of water for their supply. And we know that that 12 represents a well for every tribe. And the Lord was showing them that they would not need to strive or fight over blessings. They would not need to strive or fight over the provision that God provided. There was, there would always be more than enough. And in addition To the 12 wells, God was so gracious that he gave them abundant wells and 70 date palm trees. And I want to get into that number 70 because it has a a great sacred spiritual significance. The Bible says that the righteous flourish like palm trees and that we're like the cedars of Lebanon. And so again, that number 70 has a sacred meaning in the Bible, and it's made up of two um, factors, two perfect numbers, seven representing perfection and 10 representing completeness and God's law. And so it symbolizes perfect spiritual order carried out with all power. And it can also represent a period of judgment. And so that number 70, 70 elders were appointed by Moses in Numbers 11 and 16. After reading the covenant God gave him to read to the people, Moses took 70 elders along with Aaron and his sons up to Mount Sinai to have a special meal with him. God himself, Exodus 24 verses 9 through 11. Ancient Israel spent a total of 70 years in captivity in Babylon Jeremiah 29, 10, 70 is also specially connected with Jerusalem. The city kept 70 years of Sabbaths while Judah was in Babylonian captivity. Jeremiah 25, 11, 77, 490 years were determined upon Israel for it to complete its um, transgressions to make an end for sins, and for everlasting righteousness to enter into it. Daniel 9.24 And then the last scripture reference, Exodus 1.1-5 1, 1 It says, these are the names of the sons of Israel who came out of Egypt with Jacob. Each came with his family. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dam, Naphtali, Gad and Asher, the total number of Jacob's descendants was 70, and Joseph was already in Egypt. In his book, "Number in Scripture," E. W. Bullinger states that 70 times 10 signifies perfect spiritual order and carried out with all spiritual power and significance both spirit and power are greatly emphasized. So now the number 70 signifies a restoration of all things and that it refers to all the nations. As we have already seen, there were 70 descendants of Noah following the flood and these 70 were essentially the beginning of the nations on the earth that was restored after the flood the number 70 represents all the nations and their restoration. I love that. And one of the things I love doing is studying numbers throughout the Bible, because just how God orders it to be so perfectly tied that we can't negate the number 70 here. And without a shadow of a doubt, God is saying in the scripture that they he is bringing Israel to a a perfect spiritual order. A new order is being established. They have left the old order. They are moving into the new order that God is reestablishing through the covenant that he has made with them through their health and their healing. And it is established in his power. It is established in his righteousness. It is an everlasting covenant. And he establishes that by giving them 70 dates palm trees. And this has been a wonderful lesson about our divine health and the sweet promise that our God has given to us. And so what I want to do is that I want to pray a prayer to help you to reestablish God's original covenant with your health and healing in your life. Because this was the first miracle that God performed for Israel when they left Egypt and entered the promised land. It involved their health. It involved their healing. And God so desperately wants to reveal himself to you as Jehovah Rapha, as the Lord God who heals you in spirit, soul, and body. And right now we are actually um, on the biblical calendar. We are entering into the month called ELUL, E-L-U-L. And that month actually occurs right now in August and September on the uh, Gregorian calendar. And in the month of L-U-L, It's a time of repentance and preparation for our upcoming High Holy Days. And on the biblical calendar, one of those High Holy Days is um, Rosh Hashanah. The other is Yom Kippur. And that word, L-U-L, is similar to the verb search, the verb search in Aramaic. And so we're going to ask Jehovah Rapha, who is a Lord, our healer, to help us to search our hearts during this particular season, through this particular time. It is a time of preparation. It is a time of repentance to return back to the original covenant of our health and healing, to return back to God's order. And so, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your divine prescription that has always been that you have established for us as your people. We thank you that in a time of bitterness, in the time of wilderness, in the time of um, misunderstanding Lord, as far as what was happening, that you provided a sweet promise to the children of Israel. And because we are of that covenant, because we are of Abraham's seed, Lord, that same promise belongs to us as your children. You also said, Father, that healing is the children's bread. So we believe you, Lord, that healing belongs to us. Health belongs to us. Restoration and wholeness belongs to us. So much of what we may be facing, that our nation is facing in our physical bodies, Father, could very well be because we have left the former way, that we have left and departed from the original covenant, the original promise where you've given us health and healing. So Father, we repent right now. We change our hearts, our minds, our attitudes, and our ways, and we ask for forgiveness And we ask for restoration concerning our health and our healing. Father, we commit to obey you. We commit to perform your word because we love you, God. And we know that when we follow your will, that it is always good, that it will always result in health, happiness, healing and wholeness. Father, our bodies are the sacred temples where the Holy Spirit lives. And Lord, we may not have treated our bodies as though they are sacred temples. We are the living, moving, breathing sanctuaries of the Most High God. So Father, we rededicate our lives, our sanctuaries, our temples back to you. We ask you to restore us in our spirit. We ask you to restore us by your power. That we would be those lights and those testimonies of your goodness, your love, your truth. Strengthen us to do your will, O Lord. Thank you that you touch us and reestablish the covenant of healing. That you would be glorified in our lives. We thank you. We honor you. We bless you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, the Christ we pray. Amen. For health tips, faith-based education, and inspiration, visit www.rockyourworldnaturally.com and on Facebook at Facebook forward slash rockyourworldnaturally and Twitter at twitter.com forward slash rockyourworld28.